All right, everybody, we are on the moon, back on the moon, moon matters. I am so glad to be talking about this. So before we get in to the significations, things like that, I'm going to talk some astronomy. I'm going to put the, I guess, boring part first, I'll say, but I find it interesting. I really do. Maybe it's just because I have a degree in biology that I find the science-y aspect interesting, but I am going to take you guys along for this mini astronomy lesson. So if you don't like this part, I'm sorry, but I do think it's very important. So if you can get through it, please. And if you find it interesting, even better. So let's start off simple, slow. There are eight moon phases total. There's waxing crescent, first quarter, waxing gibbous, full moon, waning gibbous, last quarter, waxing crescent, and new moon. That can sound like a lot. It can sound like that's really daunting and overbearing. And how are you going to make sense of all this? Actually, it's not that bad. Just like when you look up at the sky and the moon seems to just be fluidly moving through her phases, when you really break them down and look at them, it's exactly like that. It's exactly like what you see in the sky. It's just learning what's actually happening. It takes approximately one month for the moon to orbit the Earth but it shakes out to exactly 29.53 days. And that's why the moon cycles don't happen on the same date each month. So that's why we don't see a new moon on the first of each month or a full moon on the 30th of each month. It's because it's not an even number. It doesn't happen the same time every time. So when it matches up with our calendars, it shakes out a little bit differently. The moon rises in the east and it sets in the west. Depending on the position of the moon, Relative to the Earth and the Sun, portions of the moon become illuminated. And that's what we see when we're looking up into the sky and when we're looking at these moon phases. And what I mean is, the moon does not produce any light of its own. The moon does not have its own light. The light we see is the Sun being reflected off of the moon, which I think that's pretty cool. All right, so before we get into the significations of what it means to be born under each phase, we're going to go through the mini moon phase course. (laughs) Everyone seems to be so obsessed with the moon and, you know, how she moves and the things she does and the impact she has on our lives. So I think it's time we really understand what it is she's doing and uh, what it is that we're actually seeing up in the sky. So let's start with the ecliptic. To get a clear vision of this, I recommend you either draw this next part out on a piece of paper So if you're a more visual learner, definitely pause here and go grab something to write with, some paper, and also a really small object like a penny or a thumbtack, anything like that. So that's what you need. Pen and paper and just a small little random object. All right. So you went and got that. Great. Glad to have you back. (laughs) We're going to draw out the ecliptic of the moon. The ecliptic just means the path the moon travels relative to the earth moving around the sun. So Start by drawing a circle, and at the top of the circle, put zero degrees. At the bottom of the circle, put 180 degrees. On the right of the circle, put 90 degrees, and on the left of the circle, put 270 degrees. These degrees stand for the four primary phases of the moon and what degree of the ecliptic they occur at. Hope I still have everyone with me. Zero degrees is a new moon. 90 degrees is the first quarter, 180 degrees is a full moon, and 270 degrees is the third or last quarter. I've seen the third slash last quarter be called either or. I will probably call it the last quarter just because the other one's called the first quarter. 
Now draw a smaller circle in the middle of the first one, and that's Earth. And now you're looking at how the moon travels around the Earth and what degrees the phases are at. The other phases that I had mentioned happen in between the four primary phases, and they're called intermediate phases. You can write their names on the spaces in between the primary phases. So a waxing crescent happens between 0 and 90 degrees. Waxing gibbous happens between 90 and 180 degrees. Waning gibbous happens between 180 and 270 degrees. And a waning crescent happens between 270 and 360, which the 360 just goes back to zero because this is a 360 degree circle. All right, moon babes, we're going to put it all together now. Here's where I really need you to use your imagination and spatial orientation muscles. We're almost to the significations part, I promise. The random little object you pick is going to be the sun. Place it at the top of the paper, right in line with the zero degrees mark. Now imagine the moon moving and stopping at each of the degrees on your paper. The new moon. A new moon occurs at zero degrees along the ecliptic. If you're using your little diagram, you can see that the moon is between the earth and the sun. The moon is being illuminated, but on a side that we can't see. A waxing crescent. Waxing means growing, and crescent is a shape. So that's what that term means, waxing crescent. It's growing from a new moon, but it's only that small crescent sliver. So it's the small sliver we see right after the moon moves from zero degrees until it hits the 90 degree mark. So these intermediate phases don't have exact degrees. They just happen in between the primary phases. The first quarter, this moon is 50% illuminated and has traveled a quarter of the way around the Earth. The side of the moon you see illuminated depends on where you're located in the world, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Waxing gibbous. Waxing, so we're still growing. Gibbous, which refers to the shape of the moon, which is bigger than a crescent at this point, but also not quite a full circle. This happens right after 90 degrees and takes us to the 180 degree mark. Finally, we're at a full moon. At 180 degrees, we have the beloved full moon. Earth is between the sun and the moon, allowing the moon to be illuminated and it being in a position for us to be able to view it in all of its illuminated glory. Waning gibbous. Waning means shrinking or getting smaller. So a waning gibbous is a moon that's pretty large, but it's not full, and it's starting to become less and less illuminated. It begins directly after 180 degrees and continues until 270 degrees. The last quarter. This is when 50% of the moon is illuminated, but it's the opposite half that was illuminated in the first quarter. Then we have the waning crescent. Waning, so we're still getting smaller, and the shape is more like a crescent due to the lack of illumination. We're back to that little sliver now. This occurs directly after the 270 degrees and takes us to 360 degrees, bringing us back full circle to a new moon. Whew! All right. So if you used your little diagram to follow along, that's great. If you were able to envision it in your head, even better. If you didn't do either, that's okay. If you were just listening, that's awesome. But I do want to give you guys a sense of what the moon is actually doing up there in the sky. The last thing I want to talk about before moving on to significations are eclipses and those kind of special moons, those interesting ones. A lunar eclipse. 
A lunar eclipse is when the Earth comes between the direct path of the light of the sun hitting the moon. So that means the Earth is blocking out the light of the moon. Blood moons occur during total lunar eclipses. So when the Earth is in direct line with the sun, the Earth blocks out any blue light that would typically illuminate the moon. And uh, the light that does reach the moon comes from the edges of the Earth's atmosphere, which gives it that red blood moon kind of tint. A solar eclipse is when the moon gets in the way of the sun's light and then casts a shadow to Earth. And then supermoons occur when the moon is super close. That's why it's supermoon. <laughs> it looks really big in the sky. And it's just that the degree and the angle that the moon is to the Earth is typically a lot closer than it normally would be. So that's why it appears so large in the sky. If you made it through that little astronomy lesson, wonderful. I'm glad you know a little more about the moon and how she actually moves throughout the sky. You know, it's important to know what we're actually looking at. I know I went through it fast, so if you were able to follow along, awesome. If you thought it was really boring, I'm sorry, but guess what? It's signification time. So, now's the time I need you to know what moon phase you were born under, because we're starting them. We're going to start at zero degrees, which is a new moon. A new moon is the start of a new lunar cycle which means new beginnings. This is great energy to start new projects, analyze your goals, and see if you need to take a new direction. Anything that has to do with refreshing your outlook or direction in life is going to be new moon energy. That's when you're going to want to do that. During the new moon, we plant the seeds and we see growth later. If you were born under a new moon, you have a great sense of creativity and are typically good at coming up with new ideas. You guys are innovative, adventurous, and you can be a little bit impulsive at times. And that's because you have all these ideas and you want to make them all happen so the energy can seem a little scattered. Learning to give that energy a true direction is going to help you to be able to implement your ideas, not just jump from one idea to the next. You need to be able to really plant those seeds. You can't just take a bunch of seeds in your hand and throw them in the dirt and hope they stick. (laughs) You need to. Really be diligent with your ideas and your passions and learn to plant them properly for them to grow. Since there's no sun illuminating this moon, these people might be shy and they tend to stay away from the spotlight. But overall, they would much prefer to start something than to see it through to the end. Again, new beginnings, starting things, taking a new path in life. That's what these people are going to like doing. So this means a lot of unfinished projects and maybe starting something new long before you finished up something else. That might be your tendency if you were born under a new moon. New moons, again, are the planting of the seeds. So these people might take longer to develop their ideas, their relationships, their career, whatever. Any area of their life might take longer than most people. They're slow-paced and they're deliberate, but if they can really harness the energy to plant those ideas, those seeds, then it's going to grow into something beautiful. So overall, my new moon people, you're shy and you're sweet and you're a little bit understated. The only time that you really break out of your shell is when you're being creative because you have those ideas and you want to get them out. Moving on to waxing crescent, zero to 90 degrees. This is a transitional moon phase from new moon to first quarter. We start to see a sliver of the moon here. So thinking of it from the idea of the seeds we planted, we're starting to see little baby plants poke out from the soil. If the new moon is about coming up with ideas and being creative, 
then the waxing crescent is about taking the initial steps towards those ideas. You waxing crescent babes, you guys are the water and the sunshine the little seeds need to grow. You take action and you do what needs to be done to get the ball rolling. And it's not only action for yourself, but you guys are often a catalyst for other people. You also water other people's ideas and creativity. You really are good at inspiring people to take the next step in their journey, to take the next step in their creative process. So being born under this phase is going to indicate someone who's ambitious and ready to go and really wants to create and to push things along. You guys are the let's get started now people. You need to be started yesterday. You're ready to roll. You're a little bit impatient sometimes. Productivity and moving towards your goals is of the utmost importance to a waxing crescent person. As long as you guys are making progress, even if it's just a sliver, you're happy. You just want to be continually moving forward. You don't want to be treading water, although it often feels like you are. It can feel like you're really grinding your gears and you're not moving anywhere. And again, we only see a sliver of this moon phase of the waxing crescent. So what this means is it takes time. It's going to take time for you guys to see results. It's going to take time for you guys to see progress. This is going to be incremental and you're going to have to be patient. So while you want to get things done, you know you have to go slow sometimes. And you also shouldn't take risks. And you won't take risks. It's interesting. You guys have a really interesting dichotomy to you where you want to go, go, go. But at the same time, you're not willing to risk at all. And that's because you know most of uh, your ideas or your creativity is still in the infancy stage. You know you just planted those seeds and they just popped up. So you can't push them too hard. And as frustrating as it can be, you know that slow and steady is the best pace for you. Because I find that when waxing crescent people push too hard, that little plant might fail. It might die. But when they give it that slow and steady and consistent love and effort, that's when you really see your creativity shine and you guys are at your best. First quarter moon babies. We're at the point where exactly half the moon is illuminated. This means we're starting to really see the potential for our ideas and we're pushing closer to fruition. People born under this phase are very action-oriented, whereas the waxing crescent wanted to be action-oriented, and they are, the first quarter people are really, really action-oriented. They want to see results, and they can be super impatient about it. They're tired of taking things slow, and they want to kick it up a notch. Since the moon is half illuminated, we see the duality of light and dark here. These people can easily see where they started and where they're headed. They see what it takes to grow, but also realize that restraint will be useful. So they're really waffling in between the whole taking it slow and rushing ahead thing. Seeing all the potential ahead of them is why they're prone to being impatient. So they want to push forward because they can see it. They can see it right there. They can see what they're working towards, and it instills this bravery and really just a sense of energy in them to keep pushing forward. Seeing both sides of the coin like this can make them want to jump ahead, and it can actually cause them to start to be really daydreamy and almost escape reality in a way and not be present. These people are at their best when they're actively checking things off their to-do list and overcoming obstacles. So to sum up the first quarter, babes, you guys 
you're at a point where you're really seeing things come together and it excites you. You're seeing your creativity and your plans come together and you're like, man, like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to roll because you want to keep that steam going. You want to keep riding that train. But when the results don't come as quick as you're going, that's when you start to kind of escape in your own mind and you guys can be a little dreamy and then you get, you can get a little lost in the sauce sometimes. So I would uh, recommend to take a note from the waxing crescent people and just try to stay grounded and stay even and stay present. No one to push, no one to pull, and that'll really serve you well. All right, waxing gibbous. We're more than half full, but we're not quite there yet. This is a contemplative moon. It's the time you take stock of where you're at before everything is fully illuminated. It's the are you ready moon. Now is the time to refine and polish your plan. People born under this moon are calm and tend to bring that sense of calm with them wherever they go. Evaluation is a word that comes to mind here. These people are constantly tweaking things and learning how they can make things better. They'll go back and move something here or do something there a little different if they think it's going to benefit their overall plan. This can make them seem like perfectionists, but they're too calm for that. They're not super uptight about their plan. They just think like, oh, this might help. So they just, you know, change it a little bit. They like to analyze themselves and they like to improve upon the past. You guys born under this moon, under the waxing gibbous, also have a way of helping others improve upon themselves. And you do it without coming off as critical or negative. And that's a really great skill. So if we're still using the plant analogy here, you're looking at the plant and it's almost in full bloom. We're almost at the full moon. It's not quite there. But you're just looking at, well, you know, maybe if we just trim something here or change the soil a little there, it'll make it perfect before the plan is fully realized. There is also a spiritual component to this moon that manifests in the people born under it. They tend to take a spiritual path at some point in their life. This could be due to their need for constant self-evaluation or improving upon themselves. So, you know, they look inward a lot. (laughs) I... I am this moon, actually, so I can see this. And this moon is also known as the the philosopher's moon. So I just kind of threw that in there for myself, just to tell you guys, because I always say I'm a self-proclaimed philosopher. So anyway, this being my moon phase, it does hold true. I'm constantly evaluating my spiritual practice and seeing how it can be enhanced or just how I can be a more well-rounded individual in general. These people under this moon phase connect strongly with others, and prefer deep connections to lighthearted acquaintance-type ones. Overall, this is just a contemplative moon. It's one that is thinking, what am I going to do before everything comes to a head? Full moon babes, we're here. The seeds we planted are in full bloom. So being under a full moon sounds super mystical, sounds super great, sounds crazy. Like when you tell people, I was born under a full moon. That sounds cool. I'll give you that. But when you look into it, it comes with a lot of weight, I'll say. This is the most energetic, action-packed phase of the moon. Full moon babes are great. They have a great drive to achieve their goals, and they're always ready to put the work in. They can be workhorses for sure. They want to see things through to the end, and they generally won't start something new until they've cleaned up all the loose ends. They don't want loose ends hanging around. They don't want old unfinished projects. They want to make sure before they start something, they've cleaned up their baggage. 
We all know the myths of the full moon. You know, werewolves, people going insane, just naked dancing under the moonlight, all kinds of things. This is a powerful, powerful energy that can create a polarity inside people that can be hard to deal with. These people waver back and forth between logic and emotion, and they can do it on a drop of a dime. Their emotions can impact their thinking a lot. The full moon makes them sensitive. It often makes them conflicted inside. They can shift easily between being logical, and then they'll get a rush of emotion, and everything changes, and then they start thinking logically again. That's that polarity in them that they're just pulled back and forth. The ebb and flow of the moon, it just, it weighs on them. Full moon babies have to be cautious not to let their emotions steer their ship entirely. It's about finding balance between what they feel and what they know to be fact. Otherwise, though, besides all the the full moon emotional baggage, these people have amazing confidence and they shine bright in whatever they decide to put their minds to. No matter what they want to do, whatever hobby they want to pick up, whatever they want to study in school, anything like that, they're going to succeed at it. They hold strong in their beliefs, and it can be hard to sway them once they've locked in their choice. As long as their emotions don't seep in, they're golden. Anytime they put their mind to something and they made that choice to stick to it, they are gonna accomplish it and they are gonna push through unless their emotions get the best of them. That is the only time they falter. Being born under a full moon is magical, and it can be really cool to tell people that, but like I said, it does come with a bit of baggage. Waning gibbous. Now we're on the decline. We're starting to walk away from all that intense full moon energy, and we're working towards unwinding and releasing some of that energy we no longer need. So if we were just in full bloom as a plant, now we're heading towards where we're going to shed our leaves. We're going to start dropping our flowers very, very slowly. That's the direction we're going in now. That's another reason why on a full moon, If you're a spiritual person, you set intentions of things to release because the culmination point has happened and then after that, it's time to release it all. The moon is no longer full and we can begin to deconstruct our process. These people are similar to the waxing gibbous babes, except waning gibbous is more logical than intuitive. Waning gibbous people will take the time to be analytical about where they're at in life, where they're at with a process, a career, anything. They like to look at the details and they tend to ruminate over the past. This can, however, cause them to get stuck on what they could have done and then they become overly critical of themselves. If they can avoid being too harsh on themselves, these people can really fine-tune their life path and make important changes that will lead to amazing success. They just have to stop being so damn critical on themselves. Since the moon is still very much illuminated, there's still a ton of potential and lingering energy seen in these individuals. Remember, we're just coming off of that full moon energy. And while we're beginning to release, we're beginning to let go, these people are still going to be supercharged. They're going to have that full moon energy to them, but it's going to be used in a logical manner, not an emotional one. And that's why they can become stuck in their minds and stuck in this loop of, being super critical. They're not filled with emotions like the full moon babes, so they do tend to be better at communication than some other phases. This is because they've reached their potential, and now they're looking back and seeing what they can do better for next time. It's a very, very self-aware moon phase. That's the word that comes to mind with a waning gibbous, is self-aware. They've been through half of the moon phase already. They know what it takes to begin, 
They know what it takes to build up. They know what it takes to get to the pinnacle. And now they're on the downslope. They're going down. The energy's starting to taper off and they can look back and be like, okay, that's what I needed to do. And as I start again, I know what to do better next time. The last quarter. Here we have the other half of the moon being illuminated. We're exactly 50% illuminated again, but this time we're headed back towards the darkness instead of the light. That sounds really ominous. <laughs> we'll see the ability to dabble in duality here again because the 50% illumination. People born under this phase see the benefit of having to let go and starting new, but that doesn't mean they like it or they're good at it. They tend to be sentimental and they hold on dearly to the memories of the past. They're extremely loyal, which is great, and it adds to their tendency to not want to let go or give up on something. So, yes, being loyal is amazing, but sometimes these individuals are too loyal, and sometimes loyal to the wrong people or wrong things. They're holding on to stuff that doesn't serve them anymore. You last quarter babes are right on the cusp of having to let go of the past and being able to dive into something new, and that's scary. Because again, you're heading towards the darkness. It's not like the first quarter where they're heading towards the light. Everything's great. Yeah. No. Last quarter, you're heading towards the new moon, which is the darkness. And it's scary. It's very transitional. And this is very transformative energy. And we all know transformation is never easy. As much as you guys are attached to the past, you realize how important transformation is. You waver between these complete massive upheavals of your life or being stubborn and refusing to change. So it's very black and white. You're either changing your entire life, or you refuse to change anything. So it's a very all-or-nothing mentality, which we would expect to see with the moon exactly at 50% illumination. It's light or dark, in or out. My advice to the last quarter, moon babes, is to try to soften those black and white edges. It's okay to live in the gray area sometimes. And I know that's not really going to make sense for you guys or feel comfortable, but it really is okay. Not everything in the world is going to fit into this well-defined, categorized box. Allow some wiggle room every once in a while, and I think things might get a little easier for you. Waning Crescent. This is the last moon phase right before we come back to the new moon and begin the cycle again. This phase is one that's seen it all from the very beginning of planting the seed to the fruition, and now the ultimate decline. Because of having been through the majority of the moon cycle, these people are said to be almost prophetic or having an innate knowledge to them. Their imagination is very strong. And maybe that's because they've seen it all play out. They've seen all the possibilities and they know what actions they took and which ones maybe they shouldn't have taken. It's a very hindsight 2020 moon position. Being right at the end of the cycle these people enjoy isolation and alone time. They like being alone with their thoughts. Their thoughts are also kind of different than most people. They give me kind of like Aquarius energy, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they can be kind of unconventional in the ways they think or how they go about things. They have all this subconscious knowledge and it makes them feel like they're destined for something, but they don't quite understand how or why. And this will lead these people to humanitarian work or trying to serve their community, you know, the best they can. Waning Crescent people, you guys really just want to help others. You have these, uh, this vision 
of the world and what you can do to make it better. Again, very Aquarius, very Pisces energy is what I get from this phase. You guys are often successful because you know what it takes to implement a plan and to make it work. You've already started. You've been through all of it. And then you're here and it's this small sliver right before everything goes dark again. The part you guys have a hard time with in life is actually connecting with other people. This moon phase is also referred to as a dark moon. I get a sense that people born under a waning crescent don't have much holding them to this world. There's a really kind of sullen feeling here, very sad and kind of isolated as the moon prepares to go fully dark again. So this moon phase really feels like an ending, a true ending, because the new moon is a beginning. Even though it's fully dark, it's a beginning. It's the planting of the seed. The waning crescent is uh, the complete end. And I can only imagine how these people feel, even just talking about it and like thinking about the moon cycle. And now we're at the end at this waning crescent. There's this small sliver of light just before everything goes dark. And that seems really ominous and beautiful at the same time. So I think that's the vibe these people embody. Those are all the moon phases and what it means to be born under them. Like what a journey. I feel like even just talking about the moon phases and going through the significations of them instills this feeling of almost like the energy building and building and then it peaks and everything's beautiful, but then we have to release and at some point everything goes dark again. So yeah, this moon, the moon cycle is some really heavy energy. Wow. So I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. If you want more moon content before next week's episode, go find me on Instagram at moonmatters.astro. Please like and subscribe to the podcast as well as leave a rating or review. Those things help me out so, so much. Really, I know this got contemplative at the end here, (laughs) but really think about the moon phases and what they mean to you because I think they're really representative of our daily life and the cycles we go through as humans. So that's, that's my little last thought. All right, moon babes. I'll see you all later.